to the Entry Level Podcast, where myself, Lindsay Bernard, and my co-host, Sarah Dudley, discuss all things Entry Level. Today is an episode that I personally have been looking forward to recording, and it's a discussion that has taken the world by storm. Millennials. What is a millennial? Millennials, also known as Generation Y or Gen Y, are the generational demographic cohort following Generation X and preceding Generation Z. There are no precise dates for when this cohort did start or ends. Researchers typically use the early 1980s as the starting birth years and the mid-1990s to the early 2000s as the ending birth years. Although millennial characteristics vary by region, depending on social and economic conditions, millennials are generally marked by increased use with communications, media, and digital technologies. Well, that sounds normal and positive, right? Unfortunately, this is not the reputation most people associate millennials with, but rather lazy, spoiled, entitled, and difficult in the workplace. It often seems that millennials are the target of unfair assumptions by older generations, or as I like to refer to it as, millennial bashing. All right, Sarah, so there's a lot of different ways we can go with this, and you know I'm passionate about it, so I'll, I'll let you start I'll let you start with where where you want to start today. Yeah, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I mean, I feel like this idea of millennials, it's it's kind of overdone at this point. It's like, okay, we're talking about an entire generation that has basically taken over the workforce at this point. If you work with anyone who's between the ages of like 22, like I think my little brother classifies as a millennial, which is weird because I just assume he's like another generation. And then up to like the age of like 38, you're basically considered a millennial. So if you think about the workforce right now, basically you work with a millennial unless you work in elderly care home. Like, <laughs> we're, we're the, the millennial generation are basically spread now very, you know, we're it, not it's only a in the huge entry level. Gap. We're not only in the entry level positions now, but we're also now in the management and the starting to get into yes. the leadership positions. And so as you can imagine with these negative stereotypes, yeah, they millennials are like you said, they are current leaders. I mean, I know millennials who are my age. I know a few years older, a few years younger who are leaders in my organization now. I know, I mean, if you think about the age range, basically millennials aren't even in college anymore. Every millennial currently is in the workforce or or should be, yeah. unless you are in and lazy entitled millennial, in which case <laughs> you're really making us look bad. Please stop. And so this thought that we just have this negative connotation around us, like we don't work hard, we don't do anything, we're entitled, we're not loyal to companies, we we don't care about anything other than ourselves. I think it's extremely misconstrued and I think like anything, they focus on the few stories that you hear about in the media, which we'll talk about oh, shortly, <laughs> as opposed to the actual population of people who we work with on a day-to-day basis. And and it seems like, and and even when I started at, when I started years ago, I even remember managers and older coworkers being like, you millennials. And I'm like, I just started here. You don't even know me. And I just wonder, I always thought about how did those negative 
assumptions about millennials just become so mainstream. I, I used to think about it. And there's one example you just said how when millennials got into the workforce and now we're expanding, I read this article about how it was really, it's really hard for older generations because we are so media savvy. When you think about it, there's almost three different ways of communication in the workplace between millennials, mm -hmm. the older generation and an older generation above that. I'll give you an example. I don't like checking my voicemail. But some of my older coworkers would call me and leave a five minute voicemail and I would just call them back and they'd be like, well, why didn't you listen to my voicemail? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And so that was something I had to adjust to. Right. Another thing I can give an example of is my boss was a lot older than me. He was in his 60s. I was 24 and I would text. And I got him into texting because he realized that was the easiest way. So I think there's little examples of the generation gap that can help annoy annoy the older generations in the workplace that maybe that's how it started. But I just, the millennials that I surround myself with, it drives me nuts that we get that reputation of being lazy. Yeah. I, I hate it. I hate the millennial bashing. I think the point you just made is one that I've talked about, not on the podcast, but something I've just talked about to family and people who I work with before. This idea that it has to go both ways. In order for the generations to work together, you have to be willing to go both ways. Like, just like the older generations, people who have been in the workforce, maybe they're closer to retirement, maybe they're, they've been in a company for 20 years, but they still have another 20 to go potentially, or you're a millennial and you're just, you're just starting your career or you're, you're like kind of early stages, first 10, 15 years of your career. I think like as long as you're willing to learn and, and learn how those people work, you can have successful relationships in the workforce. Like I, one example of somebody that I worked with last year, he was like on the verge of retirement. But every time we came out with a new tool or a new process or anything, he made an active effort to learn it, to understand yeah. it, to understand how to work with people in this new digital age. Whereas I get people now who are so, so resistant to change. And, yes. the, and it's, and you see it across every aspect of their life. It's not even just work. It's, it's just a resistance to change. Those are the people who complain the most about millennials because they like things the way they like them and they don't want to change whether it's a generation before them or a generation after them or the one coming after us. They don't want to change no matter what that looks like. And I feel like those are the people who hate or complain about millennials the most because they're just so uncomfortable with the concept of us working in a different way than they did, even though we're receptive to how they work or we try to be. Yeah, try to be respectful. Yeah. I can give yeah. you two real-time examples, one in the workplace and one not in the workplace, of exactly what you just said. Yeah. My uncle is in the same industry I am. He's a different, not industry, he does the same career. He's a sale, a field sales guy, field account executive, sells something different. But he, we talk about it. And while I'm used to using all the systems and the salesforce.com and the tracking and the micromanagement and the reporting up, he absolutely hates that. Because in when he started out, and for he's been doing this 30 years longer than I have, when he started out, there was none of that. You checked in with your boss, or you saw him in the office in the morning, you check in at the email wasn't that big, they weren't tracking processes and yep. automation, that wasn't part of it, you weren't doing Automation. Every, automation, you weren't that's doing it. everything. And so that's a huge issue. Another example, my father um, was is a retired merchant marine, and he hates computers and as and he was a chief merchant marine but as he got older like that everything that they were learning to do started getting electronic everything was not as much hands-on they were like starting to use systems so he had to take classes to learn how to use a computer and learn systems yeah. because 
when he was in school, that wasn't taught. It was a whole different yeah. process. And I watched him go through that thinking that must be such a change for him. And I'll add, he just started texting last year, which I've talked about on the <laughs> podcast. That's how far back he is. And he just bought a new phone this week and it's a T-Mobile jitterbug razor phone. <laughs> he like still will not get an iPhone. So I'll just put, I'll throw that out there. No, <laughs> I'm millennial kids here. <laughs> yeah. I think you make a good point there. It's this idea of change and the automation piece is huge. I think in any organization, like I've even started to catch myself sometimes being like, there's just too many new tools. There's too many things to learn. I don't want to do it. I like how it is now. (laughs) And I'm like, oh crap. Like, am I becoming like the next basher of the next generation? But I, I think it's like anything, like you just have to be willing, especially in the kind of environment that we work in now where everything is changing so fast. It, at least like we both work in tech, right? So especially in the tech space, like yeah. everything changes so fast that- By the year. Yeah, it's so fast. And I think one thing that generations ahead of us don't necessarily see is that a lot of the habits that we as a generation have have kind of been become known for are largely because of how we saw them and how like we've seen the workforce treat them over the years like a lot of one of the big misconceptions is that we're not loyal to companies but when you think about it we saw our parents work for a company for 20 years and then get pushed out like nobody cared why be loyal if if your company's not going to be loyal and you saw this over and over and over again and you see just like the things that our parents have have experienced in jobs, like being miserable at jobs for year after year yeah. after year, and they stay because they feel like they're obligated to, or like that's just how life should be. You just work, and work's always going to be miserable, and, and you have fun in your free time. And I think we see that, and that's just not what we want our lives to be. Yeah, that's totally true. And the other thing, you know, it's funny, what I always think about is when you graduate and you're going through school in different generations, you graduate and you go through different times in the world that affect kind of how you hit the ground running. And so I think of that, that from the workplace that they that millennials feel entitled that they come in and they expect to get huge salaries and huge this and huge that. But a big change with that was the education program, the, co- the liberal arts education. Mm-hmm. The college education is a lot different now than it was back then. So granted, we're paying on average for a liberal arts education at a private school, not even talking public school. You're at least paying 25 to 30 grand a year. And that's probably on the low end now. Oh, yeah. And so you come out with these loans and you, you know, you're kind of told these grand plans where you can graduate and make all this money. And you realize quickly that that's not going to be the case. And I think that some of some of the complaining or some of that thing like, oh, great. Yeah, I have 60K in loans and I'm making 60K a year. Great. You know, so those things, I think I've even thought that before being like, what was that? Like, how am I going to do this? And I think some of that negative, those comments or kind of that mindset sometimes, I think that may have stim that kind of started the bashing in the workplace with they just come in and expect everything. Mm-hmm. The other thing with the millennial generation, the middle of the millennial generation, which pretty much we're, uh, we're yeah, literally right in, in the, the middle, middle of. Yep. I mean, let's be honest, we had the huge Occupy movement. I mean, that was crazy. And that did not look good for millennials. Like, let's be serious. And what was interesting about that, that got tied 
to the millennial generation when it just was really not. It, it was a... A lot a, of things do. A, well, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But I think that Occupy thing for the older generation, because speak it, you know, and I've talked to my older coworkers about it. That's something when I say, why do you always hate on millennials? They bring that up. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it was going on thinking like, why am I like seeing all this traffic? Like I had, you know, like remember when yeah. we were living in Brighton, we're like, why? Like, what is going on? And I think that it started with these little things but I, I just, you have to peel the onion back and think about how the times have changed from like what yeah. millennials went through with the education and the beginning workforce than what, how different it was from when the older generation started out. Yeah, I think like anything, I mean, if you look at anything, <laughs> the difference in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years time is always going to reflect how technology has changed, how the fact that we can now work, like I can work from my apartment I mean, theoretically, I could work from my bed all day <laughs> and literally and do my entire job. This is pre-video conferencing, of course, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I can do my entire job from my bed and and have a successful career. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like the concept of that, I think, to other generations, like to my when I go home and I have to work from home sometimes, like if I'm doing an extended weekend home or something like that, it's very strange to people who are not used to that concept of like this ability to now work from home or work remotely or have that flexibility in your job. And I think I know my dad has this running joke that it was funny like the first time, <laughs> but now it's like I'll be working in the living room or at the kitchen table or something when I'm home and he'll he'll walk in and he'll like do an air knock and ask if he can come into my office. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's funny, but he's also like kind of serious, I think. Like he's not quite sure if like it's an appropriate time to talk yeah. to me or – so I think we get kind of – crapped on because we like having work-life balance and flexibility. But I also think, what is the point of sitting in an office if you don't need to be there? You know, and I think a lot of us, we question, what is the point of that or why? We ask that question a lot and and we get, if there isn't an appropriate answer or response, I think we start to push back on it because... But that issue about the working from home and in the office, that is, I feel like that is one of the biggest causes of fights between yeah. millennials and everyone else in the office yeah. uh, and, you, and on both on both sides like I mean even I have coworkers who you know I have engineers who are in different generations and we have to go to the office for the first time once every Monday for a whole day and they're like why are you know, it, it's you would have thought it was like this crazy ask to go to the office one day yeah. every other Monday but then the flip side I can kind of be the same way and be like wait I don't want to like I can't ever picture my life being nine to five in an office again. I don't, I I don't think I would choose a job ever that would, unless I was, unless it was, you also traveled and you also were doing, had to check different parameters, but I mean, I'm justifying it right now. I don't think I'd ever want to be in an office nine to five again. Yeah. I think every day. Yeah. And it's almost like there isn't a reason I know myself, like we used to be fully remote and now we have to be in the office much more consistently. And I, but I think there's still provided there's still that level of flexibility where like, I don't have to be in the office nine to five, like clocking in, provided there's still like, I can come in at eight or nine. If I have morning meetings, I can come in at 10 and then leave at whatever time is appropriate for me based on commuting and traffic and when my meetings end. Not because like anyone's concerned that I'm not going to put in my eight hours, but because like they know 
and they can trust that I get my work done. And whether I get it done sitting in the office or whether I get it done sitting on my couch watching the baseball game that night, (laughs) you know, like it's going to get done and they trust that. And so there's the flexibility that we require, I think. And I don't think it makes us entitled or lazy. I think it's just we're doing the same work and maybe we're even doing it not better than another generation, but better than we might be doing it if we're forced to sit in an environment that doesn't allow us to operate with our best set of skills. Yeah. And and this is something that I think about all the time and it drives me nuts is that our generation really, we're becoming, we're we're, we're on the door of the future. We're going to be those, like we're already starting to get into leadership roles. We're already starting to see that change. And you always hear about everyone being like, we need the millennial, like, enthusiasm like we need Mm -hmm. a social media presence we need that so my question is if you need you know the millennial generation and how we we operate let's adapt to us sometimes too because we are in touch with kind of what's going on in the environment and the most successful companies i see and that i sell to and that i've worked with have a good social media program have good technology they're very tech tech savvy they touch a lot of people they touch a lot of customers and millennials are really good at that because by nature as we mentioned in the definition the formal definition we're very savvy when it comes to that stuff and i think if i think if everyone gave a little it would make those conflicts with the millennials and the other generations go away a lot quicker because I think we do bring to a lot of the table of the pulse of what's going on. Yeah. And I think that's where people are always, you get a lot of angst, I think, between older generations and younger generations around like, oh, there's, you know, everyone's always going to hire the young person because they're up to speed on all the latest things happening. And as you progress in your career, there's like this fear that you're not relevant anymore. And I think like it goes both ways. I think like if you're, if you're progressing in your career, and I already feel it now, like, I mean, I joke sometimes, like, what are the, what are the hip kids, like, talking about on social yeah. media these days? Like, hey, I'm cool. Yeah, give me the bread or whatever it is. We have, we have younger siblings <laughs> yeah. that help with yeah. that too, but. I'm like, yeah, I know Snapchat. I, yeah. I snap once a year. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, like, it, it goes with anything. You just have to be willing to stay in touch with what's happening. You have to be willing to learn. I think for millennials especially, the opportunities to learn are an important part of whether you choose to work for a company or not. If they are willing to keep you educated and and provide like continuous learning opportunities in your company so that you stay relevant, not only for your company, but also like in your field. That way, Mm -hmm. if you do want to find another job, you know, your company, it's their, it should be their obligation to make sure that you're relevant to the job market. They don't want to lose you, but if you're not relevant to the job market, how good of a job are you really doing for them? So, And, you know, it's funny. We spend a lot of time talking about millennial bashing in the workplace, but I'm going to share just – it doesn't just stop at the workplace. And I am obsessed, and Sarah can vouch, I send these links. Every time I see an article about another millennial bashing article, millennial basher, I send it to all my friends and say, this is re- – please read this. And – either make if you're doing this stuff most of the time it's ridiculous and they don't but i'm like just look at what how we're being viewed and let me just read through some of these titles ready <laughs> i love it how millennials killed the mayonnaise industry philadelphia magazine 2018 millennials the me 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 generation time magazine first published in 2013 and then again republished with emphasis in 2016 with new interviews <laughs> So dramatic. Millennials are being blamed for the decline of American cheese. Fox News last week. 
How Millennials Could Kill Politics As We Know It, CNN, two weeks ago. And so these are just, I mean, these are just from going on Twitter and scrolling a feed. And there are so many more that come. And I just don't know how we got into this culture of blaming millennials for everything. It's like, if the world, if there's an earthquake, it's like, oh, there are too many millennials, you know? <laughs> like, it's just, I feel like they're just getting more ridiculous and more ridiculous every time I read them. It's like, okay, American cheese is... They're saying that the craft singles, I read the article. I did read the article and I sent it to you. you I did. I did. They were saying, basically the article was, let's, I get the cheese one gets me. They're talking about how millennials have, they're into more fancy cheese like brie or more fancy cheeses like gourmet cheddar or truffle or something like that. And we Mm. don't buy craft singles because we're, because we don't like that type. And also we're always obsessed with health and they say we're obsessed with health and we always look for the organic option. And so we're, 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 making those markets go out of business. And I just like, or those products go out of business. And like, I'm just going to be honest. Does anyone like craft singles anymore? Like, I, I like them for grilled cheese. I do like them for grilled cheese. Like they do melt well, but I don't buy them because I don't eat cheese that much. Yeah. I don't think that's like a fault of the millennials. Like my mom doesn't eat it either. So like, yeah, cheap. Like, yeah. What, I, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's like spam, yeah. you know, like there was a time and place for yeah. it in the world where we needed spam. I think craft singles have a similar place. <laughs> and yeah, there's always a place, but it's like, why blame us for it? Right. And, and I think it's like, okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to put plastic into my body on a daily basis unless I, if I know better anyway, I don't know, <laughs> I probably still do, but I mean like a craft single slice. It's basically like 60% plastic and like 10% real cheese. So, I mean, yeah, I'll go for the brie. <laughs> I don't really eat brie. I don't no, think. I just eat like, cheddar. Well, like like real Vermont yeah, cheddar, super, some nice well, cabot. quoting the article. Some nice cabot. That I'll go for. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm also not a huge cheese person, but. Yeah, I, I understand how we kill the craft. I mean, like, you gotta have higher quality. Sorry, not sorry. I but mean, I mean, but my point is, like, the, like, is it necessary? Like, do you have, like, do you seriously have to use it as clickbait and tie it to the millennial? We just get, it's, it's just not true. And we just get such bad reputations. Okay, the other one that kills me. And before we go into our second segment, I've been working on this. And we promised you episode one, this podcast is never going to be political. It's, we're never going to have... We're never going to, this is a free thinking, even keel. We may touch on some things if it's like current events, but nothing crazy. However, this article, how millennials could kill politics as we know it. I feel passionate about this and I've been working on something that I'm going to put on the podcast and release almost in like a book form because I think it's very important is that everyone keeps saying that millennials are the vote that we need. Millennial, we need to get the millennial vote out. They care about this. They care about that. You watch every news station, they have pundits on talking about the millennial vote and what they care about. You know what you never see? An actual millennial on the panel. You Mm. never see an actual millennial on the panel. Majority of these articles you see in ClickBank, do this experiment. If you see an article about millennial, look at who they interview. They'll do a broad interview study or they'll go to a college campus of like non-millennials of non-millennials or they'll have an older. It kills me. They have the older generation, 40 year olds, 40 something year olds, 50 year olds commenting on millennials. And it's like, okay, why don't you bring actual millennials on to discuss and figure out what we actually care about instead of projecting and just saying, oh, we don't care. And yeah, you know what I mean? Like they don't, no one does like good due diligence anymore. So 
I took it upon myself to do that. And I'm working on a special project and I'm going to, we'll talk about it on a future episode, but there's some really interesting things and value that I think millennials are going to change the workplace. I think they're going to be, I think they're really going to help the economy. I'm working on, and I, and I think unlike CNN two weeks ago or whenever that was, I can't see it now, but I think that the millennial generation is more free thinking than people think and that is being Mm -hmm. portrayed. And I think that we actually can make a difference politically in the future in a good way. So all these different components, what we care about, these different things and and trends in the future, I'm putting together something that points a lot of this stuff out and, and I'll definitely share it. So I'm excited about that. But had to go on that little rant. <laughs> yes, I think this whole, honestly, let's be honest, this whole episode has been a rant. But yeah. no, I think the politics thing is interesting. I think that I feel more engaged in the process and this could grant it just be because I'm getting older and I care more and all those things. But I feel more engaged and, and interested in the process than I ever have. And I think we're at a time where, yeah, there's a lot of sensationalism around politics. Yeah. Like every, extremism. Like a lot of extremism. But that almost like pulls people in enough where they're like, okay, what is this really about? Right. And then they actually like educate themselves on it, hopefully. So I think we're, maybe we're not, I don't know how much it's changed from other generations, but I think I think we're starting to yeah. be more involved in the process in a way that maybe we haven't been. Agree. Before. And we'll, and we're gonna and also we're gonna have some follow-up episodes about, like I mentioned, things millennials care about. We're gonna be doing some stuff about investment and you know, things like that. So we'll we're we're gonna treat the millennial definitely as a series because we're passionate about it. And as you can tell by our 26 minute reckless rant we've just had on millennial bashing, there will be a lot more to come. But in honor of our first millennial podcast or first millennial episode, we thought it would be funny to talk about maybe some of the millennial stereotypes that we may fit into (laughs) because let's be serious in pop culture and things like that. We do, you know, fall into the basic, we all do. So Sarah, you want to run through some maybe a couple that you fall into or want her? Yeah, no, I would say I'm definitely an entitled lazy asshole. I'm just kidding. (laughs) For me, top sheets, they said we killed the top sheet. Definitely true for me. I cannot sleep. Like, I'll pretend I put one on my bed. And then literally within a day, it's it's on the floor. Like, I, I just have a non-interest in the top sheet. And that's apparently something millennials have, millennials have killed. So food for thought. Let's start thinking about maybe why that is. Other Other things I'm definitely like – I mean, I talked a little about it before. Like, I really need, like, the work flexibility in my life. Sometimes I, when I talk to people who don't have that flexibility, I feel a little spoiled. But then I'm like, you know, I've worked hard to get to where I am. If I have a little work flexibility and they don't, I shouldn't feel bad about it. But uh, I'm (laughs) definitely, definitely fall into that bucket sometimes. I don't know. Other things like travel, like the experiences over things thing. Yeah. I think I'm definitely a millennial in that sense where we really value the, – the stereotype is that we value experiences like traveling and doing things and being or with like friends over like some expensive thing. Yes. I mean there's exceptions I think with everybody but <laughs> I would say if I, I'm like the worst when somebody comes to me and is like, hey, you want to go on this trip? I mean literally our trip to Italy was a perfect example. Yeah. <laughs> I like should say no but I always <laughs> get sucked into it so no I can't say no to a good FOMO man. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess for mine, I would say I think that millennials, a lot of the time you hear about how much we care about the Real Housewives and reality TV and pop culture. And I'm just a, I am such a culprit of that. Like I am a huge reality TV fan. 
I love Vanderpump Rules. I'll full. I'll admit I watch The Bachelor and text people about The Bachelor and oftentimes tweet about The Bachelor. She texts um, me. She <laughs> mostly texts me. <laughs> Bachelorette. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, we want Sarah to be on it, so we're filming Sarah's uh, video. Like that might not work out, but we'll, we'll keep you posted. But I would say, like, when it comes to kind of the uh, the pop culture type and the. Uh, following the so you know i i on, i'll admit it on twitter i do follow every single person that i watch on tv from a reality perspective like and so i totally uh, fit the millennial when it comes to that so yeah sorry now that colton's bachelor i just can't commit to that kind yeah of i thing think anymore. They're, they i think so that was better. the last straw i'm just out of the batch franchise now it's just they had can't such be done <laughs> they had such better options and i, yeah, I agree i oh, man but i did the bat the see i will say the season of the, the, the season of the bachelorette was good Definitely. a lot of drama but Definitely. um anyway so we digress yeah yeah sorry about that but no we appreciate you guys listening let us know what you think um we're always looking to have people on and we appreciate you listening awesome and don't forget to follow us on instagram entry level podcast all right see Bye you guys, guys.